Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe this. Anyways, we have a very good show today. Uh, we are going to have Matt. Uh-oh, I don't have his name. Pelowski, I think his name is. Anyways, he is with Redline Studios, who just, just finished a documentary on the Mothman. If you don't know about the Mothman, you're gonna. So anyways, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Matt Pelowski from Redline Studios and the Mothman. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. The Stateline Review is not your average newspaper. It's a free 24-page publication specially focused on serving the communities of southern New Hampshire and the Merrimack Valley. Printed monthly, the Stateline Review is distributed to over 110 locations. The Stateline Review is filled with special articles not found in other publications for individuals who want to be kept well-informed on matters that mean something to them. Money matters, health and fitness, travel tips, internet news, sports review, and so much more. It's all in the Stateline Review. Don't forget to read about the New England Ghost Project. It's in there, too. Call 60. 60- 3898-2554 for more information or to advertise. The Stateline Review, your monthly source of news you can use. 603-898-2554. The seasons have changed, and so has the Wyndham. With the warm weather coming, why not join us on our newly opened deck for one of our new frosty frozen drinks like a mudslide or frozen daiquiri? Sit back and relax as you dine on one of the many new items on our bar menu, like a scrumptious panini or a schizza, an individual crispy flatbread pizza made from only the freshest ingredients. Watching your weight? No problem. The Wyndham has a variety of crisp, cool salads to excite your taste buds. Sometimes change is good, and sometimes change is great. Come join us to find out for yourself at the Wyndham Restaurant, 59 Range Road, just off exit 3 on Route 93 in Wyndham, New Hampshire. For reservations or directions, call us at 603-870-9270 or visit us on the web at www.windhamrestaurant.com. Tired of looking at your worn hardwood flooring? Want to increase the value of your house? Then now is the time to call Felici's Hardwood Flooring. Installations, repairs, maintenance, refinishing, and sales. Felici Hardwood Flooring does it all. Felici's Hardwood Flooring is a family-owned and operated company that stands for high quality and excellent customer service. Great pride is taken in every job they do. Their knowledgeable staff takes the time to work with each customer to recommend flooring based on the personal needs of the client. Visit their showroom where they carry top-name flooring, Mirage, Mercier, Somerset, and more. Open Tuesdays and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 95 Plastow Road, Route 125 in Plastow, New Hampshire, or call them for an appointment or a free estimate at 603-401-4494. Unlike the big depot stores, Felici Hardwood Flooring does not use subcontractors. Felici employees do all your work because they're committed to customer satisfaction before, during, and after every job. Felici hardwood flooring also use a dustless sanding system which provides a stressless experience and a healthier environment for their customers. Felici's hardwood flooring also offers top quality flooring cleaning products. Felici's specializes in custom borders and medallions. It's time to treat your hardwood floors and yourself. Call Felici's hardwood flooring today. A personal interest in the paranormal and the supernatural. Ever since I was young I would just see a lot of things on my own and you know after you start seeing some weird things, you start to uh, inspect what's going on. In your so you actually experienced them yourself then? 
Oh yeah, ever since I was maybe 14, 15, I've I've seen I've seen a lot of things, you know, things I would call ghosts, uh UFOs. I've, I'm very uh receptive to the world around me. I think as a writer, um that's part of it. You just analyze and kind of absorb what's going on around you and just in doing that ever since I was little, I've always seen things, heard things and witnessed some pretty extraordinary things. And after you get to 30, 40, 50 times, you start to say Okay, it's not a coincidence. Let me investigate this a little further, and kind of piques your interest. So, for me, it, I had been interested in this for a long time, just personally, and I was pretty lucky in my career. And now I'm able to kind of merge the love for the paranormal with what I do as a filmmaker, and with that, kind of bring some uh, projects to the public uh, on those subjects. That's excellent. That you can go into a field that you really love. You know, I mean, something that you thought about all your life, basically. Yeah. I'm extremely lucky. Yes, I get to pretty much uh, produce what I like, and you know, I like ghosts and strange things. So that's what um, a lot of the projects we've been doing. We have a uh, DVD series that's coming out October 17th on Netflix and Amazon, and then it will later be released in video stores uh, called Jane Doherty Investigates. And basically, what that is, uh, it's kind of a reality documentary. It's kind of unique. We basically took uh, a woman psychic who is considered one of the top, she's in the top 20 psychics of the world. Her name is Jane Doherty. And we brought her out to what is supposed to be one of the most haunted areas on the East Coast called Ghost Lake and Shades of Death Road, which is on the border of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And what we did was we brought four different people to basically spend the night with the psychic in a haunted woods and at a haunted lake to perform seances and see uh, what happened. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. And did something happen? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and I purposely cast four people. Three of them I knew fairly well. Uh, and I just did that because they fit the mold of the people I was looking for. Uh, one was a, a Marine. One was an ex-bouncer. One was kind of your everyday Joe. And another was a tarot card reader. So we had some people that were cliche tough guys and some people that were you know, represented the everyday person and some people that were just, you know, connected a little bit to the paranormal, just to get the different reactions. But I knew two of these people personally uh, very well for at least 10 years, and I did that on purpose because if something did happen, I knew I could trust them. And uh, you know, during the seance, it's, it's interesting. Usually the tale, it's never the stereotypical type cliche thing. It's things that are very subtle and very small. And I was really fortunate to have put like, two people I knew very well there because I was able to pick up on character changes in them that were pretty drastic. Uh, in fact, one of the one of the people they both knew one another actually stated later that he thought his friend had been possessed during the night during the really? seances. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty unusual. Um, and again, it, it's the slight things, it's the little things. Um, Tom, his name was the Marine. He was sitting across from the psychic who was leading the seance. And if you watch closely uh, during the seance, he almost mimics every move she does. She leans down, he leans down. She leans left, left. They were very connected and uh, all eyes were closed hmm. so it was weird they were kind of moving in unison and he actually during the end of the seance uh was crying uh ridiculously uh because he had ex he had described it as be seeing a, a movie in his head of someone from the colonial era uh being chased and hunted and gunned down and it was interesting the way he described it it was visual but he felt it for the most part uh, that's how he had it. And this was the Marine, the emotion right? of being shot, the emotion the, of dying. This was the, the guy that was the Marine, right? And this was the Marine, yeah, yeah. a guy that I've never seen cry ever. <laughs> and he was crying and really bothered for a good two weeks after this had happened. Um, the other fella who's good friends with him kept feeling something tug at his shoulder, something tug at his back. And a good two times, you can pretty much see something slide up his back and move the shirt. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. These are a lot of things that we didn't even notice when we were out there filming right. and only noticed months later while we were editing. Uh, so it was pretty interesting. Everyone that went, there, there were uh, about 20 crew members that were working on this project, and 20 people were supposed to stay in the woods that night. And, and it, after the seances were done, after things were filmed, I think we had three people left, and, and the psychic had left too because she had said it was one of the most traumatizing experiences she had ever endured. Really? Yes. Uh, she had expressed also a danger of a living person in the woods uh, that was dangerous. Um, and it's interesting, if people are interested in the story, they can look. Uh, Shades of Death Road, that is actually the real road name. Uh, 
the state road, uh, and it has a quite a long history. Uh, and it's, what's interesting is if people do a little more investigating after they see the documentary, they'll see that there are a lot of things that correlate with what happened that, during our filming with some of the legends and the myths that have been there for hundreds of there was many Native Americans that were slaughtered there, and there's a myth that this fog creeps up out of the mountains and causes people to get lost and cause accidents. And the first time we went there to check it out, it was the thickest fog I've ever seen. We got, and it, we, we were part of the legend. We were lost. We, we almost got into an accident. So hmm. from the get-go, it was an interesting project and uh, very rewarding and eye, eye-opening um, experience. Again, it was more so the... The little things, and I think everyone would would say that where just the vibes, the feelings, uh, little glimpses of things that people were seeing and feeling that really, really disturbed them. It's right, it's stamped on their face. When you watch the video, these people are terrified. Uh, you know, when we first made this, we were a little afraid. People would think, "Oh, is this the, another Blair Witch project?" But no one has ever even questioned, you know, the authenticity of it. it everyone knows it's real because these, you know, these guys, none of them actors, were pretty terrified. You hit on uh, two things that is very common with. Uh ghost hunt is first of all it's the little things you know very like you said very seldom you're going to see a screaming banshee come out of the wall yeah. you know it, it doesn't happen and well for the most part we like it too but it doesn't <laughs> right it's always little things that happen and the other thing you talked about is coincidence i mean for instance that fog bank rolling in was it a coincidence i mean most people say yeah that was a coincidence you know it was foggy yaddy yaddy and it came yeah. in but it's funny how coincidences also correlate to the paranormal as well Yes, coincidences are interesting. Uh, usually how I base a situation when I'm looking into something paranormal or investigating an area, I take a pretty open uh, approach to it. I'm not quick to just believe in a lot of things. I'm actually pretty quick to doubt these things before I believe them. I'm very much a believe-it-when-I-see-it type person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yes, a lot of coincidences do happen, but I think what you have to, uh, to look into is how many coincidences are happening. Okay, one thing happens that, you know, supposedly happens in this area. But then when 10, 15, 20, you know, they start to uh, lump up like that, right. I, I think, you know, it, it's just, I think it makes it a little more credible. Um, I mean, that's kind of how I like to go about investigating such things, too, just you know, the uh, statistics, the majorities of things happening, um, I think is important. Um, I mean, even, for example, just, just to give a small example, when I was younger, I was uh, in my room. I was about maybe 15. I was in uh, my house in New Jersey where I grew up, pretty old house, uh, a lot of bumps in, in the night, I guess. Uh, and I was sitting in my room, and I had a lamp uh, to, that was behind me, behind my left shoulder. And I kind of just felt uh, as if someone was there, like the feeling of someone standing behind you. And at this time, I was still pretty perceptive of these things. I was still picking up on them. I was still kind of acknowledging that I had been seeing a lot of things. And all of a sudden, the light got extremely bright, lit up the entire room, and then it died down. Mm-hmm. And just for the heck of it, just because of the vibe I got that I thought it was something a little weird, I said, do it again. And all of a sudden, wham, the light gets really bright, lights up the whole room. I said, okay, do it two times in a row. And then flash, flash, and did it twice. So that's an example where, you know, I think coincidence, yeah, still maybe, but it'd be, it's a pretty unique situation. And you know, those type of things, I think, is a good way to measure some of these strange things. Just kind of doing very practical practical ways to go about it. Right. I mean, uh, y- you could say, well, okay, if you're going to s- do that, why don't you just say, you know, make yourself appear. Right. And But that's not easy to do for some spirits. Yes, and actually, uh, during the, the last shoot we just did, which was the Mothman Project um, down in West Virginia, one interesting thing we did down there was we interviewed a lot of people that you probably wouldn't expect to see in the Mothman documentary. Most people are, you know, will expect to see tons of witnesses saying, this is what I saw. We did have that, but one thing that we definitely wanted to do was interview professors, lecturers, uh, doctors, you know, people from universities, to people that weren't really familiar with the story, but could be given the facts and say, can you make anything out of that in your field of study? And, and quite a bit of them could. And one person who we spoke to uh, was a physicist, and he talked greatly about these things and just scientifically about understanding them and understanding that they, from his own research and his own uh, investigative work that he had done with such things, he has an interest in the paranormal as well. Physics professor from Marshall University. Mm-hmm. He uh, you know, said there's definitely a connection with energy, with, with, with light, with electricity. 
that seems to be consistent. So I think, you know, a lot of these things, when they manifest as orbs, as lights, as flashes, it makes sense. Um, I mean, it makes sense from a lot of different things. Right. I mean, I mean you, the most common things, I mean, you look about uh, cold spots, which are basically devoid of energy. Uh, yeah. The warmth uh, or heat, which is energy, is drawn out, which is related to the paranormal. You also have, uh, you know, lights that go on or appliances. I mean, it's, they're all interconnected. Our EMF meetings, were, which fluctuate, it's yeah. all connected with energy. And what, what is, you know, what are we? What is our soul? Energy. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I talked to two people. Um, you know, one person who uh, is an archaeologist and studies uh, different species of bird while we were out there. We were talking in ways of Mothman. He was talking about creatures and, and, and beings. And he had said, I, I think, you know, there are close to probably millions of animals, of species, of bugs, of things that we, don't, we haven't even discovered yet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he had uh, two two people I pretty much put things in, in a pretty interesting perspective from their educated view, the physicist and the archaeologist um, person. Um, he, you know, they both said, we, we don't even know who we are, like you said, and you, we, half the species that are on the Earth we haven't even discovered yet. And the other gentleman who's uh, commenting on you, know, even if you measure the electricity, electricity that a human body gives off, you know, human bodies emanate, uh, Vibes, electricity, you can, right. it's been measured. And, you know, if one person holds the hand of another, it goes up a little bit. So the fact that maybe these spirits are a lower form of energy, I mean, it only seems to make sense if we project a certain amount of energy in, in living, and then when we die, obviously that uh, energy is not there anymore. Yeah, I've always wanted to try this experiment where to get, like, a, a Van de Graaff generator and go to a haunted place that you know is really haunted and to draw a spirit in and see if you can provide them the energy they need to, you know, manifest or, or to do something really dr uh, dramatic. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, you know, well-known that energy and all these things kind of correlate with the unknown. I mean, Ouija boards oh, yeah. are old as ever, and, you know, they uh, apparently, you know, the story is that they use the energy of the bodies of the hands touching the uh, device to move it. Um, and I think just from, even if you don't know anything about physics, even if you don't know anything about science, even if you don't know anything about that at all, just from a common, basic understanding, I think it holds a little weight. I think you have to admit that you know, there is something there uh, that's worthy of looking into, this okay. idea of energy. Uh, now, I mean, all, UFOs are seen all the time during uh, lightning storms and o over power plants, high-voltage towers. A lot of the things in West Virginia that we investigated, half the things that were, were saw UFO-wise, well, the power plants, well, the waters, and you know, waters are uh, rivers are conductors of electricity. So it seems to be a unifying theme. One of those coincidences that keeps popping up. Right. Now, back to the series on with the psychic. Uh, how many DVDs did you make? Right now, uh, there, it's, a, it's designed as a series of six okay. uh, DVDs. And in each DVD, uh, psychic investigates uh, different haunted areas, different mm -hmm. unusual places. Um, so there should be another five that will follow. Uh, right now, the first one is just being released again uh, on October 17th. Uh, okay. For just the first one, yes. Just in time for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. Um, you know, most people, it's gotten extremely good um, reviews and extremely good feedback. You know, most people, they, you know, the, the, the consistent remarks are, you know, I believe it and I like it because it, it, it's real and it's legitimate. And that's one thing that we always try to do. Um, you know, we've gone to places where they're supposed to be haunted, and nothing happens. And, you know, I have a background in working in network television and things like that. And a lot of those shows tend to, they can't afford to have go somewhere and film something and have nothing happen. So Absolutely. there's a lot of things that are kind of, you know, well, that are pushed along a little further, I guess you could say. Whereas, you know, one thing we definitely wanted to do was be legitimate about it. If we go out here and nothing happens, then nothing happens. If we go out here and something happens, and we'll capture it, and it'll be interesting. And we got lucky the first time. Now, you saw the. Have you seen the Ghost Hunter show? Uh, yes, I the have. Sci-fi. Uh, quite a few times. Okay, that's kind of like uh, what you were talking about, where they have to come up with something just about every week. Yes. I mean, there's extreme pressure with networks and, uh, you know, to deliver shows each week. And, you know, the idea every day that you film something uh, is money. And if you go spend four days and film something and nothing happens, they don't really like the idea of having to go another four days and film something again. Uh, so there is a lot of uh, you know, things that are kind of 
pushed a little further that really, in, in my opinion, there's nothing, nothing really there. You know, so uh, credibility is extremely important with us. Um, you know, not every single person that has seen our DVD believes it 100%, but the majorities do. And you know, just knowing <laughs> I'm the one who produced it with a few other people, mm-hmm. I can say you know we that definitely was a priority of ours to be be legitimate and be sincere about it. And uh, I think a lot of people have really appreciated that. We also just did that with the Mothman project as well, because uh, that was very, very much routed in myth, and it's going, you know, 60 years now around uh, since the the heyday of Mothman. So, some things have been embellished, some things have gotten twisted a bit right. in that story. So, no, and the uh, the psychic uh, DVDs again. Once again, you did a séance. Were there other uh, attempts that contacted you? Uh, yes, there were, there were two séances. Um, we did one. Basically, we picked the two most haunted areas. Uh, there are cabins. There are cabins up in the mountains uh, in this area that are supposed to be haunted. And we did our first dance there. That is where we had the most activity. Uh, we were able to sit down and do it a little more casually um, and spend some time there. And yes, um, you know, a few people, uh, spirits, uh, did come through, um, mostly from colonial times, long ago. Um, Jane, the psychic, had mentioned you know someone being tortured, uh, kind of medieval style in, in, in a way, I guess. Uh, a lot of things with Native Americans, Indians, uh, were picked up there. Um, and the same thing with Tom when he had said he had kind of seen that vision of someone dying. You know, he, and it was interesting, too, you know, he being a Marine mm-hmm. uh, had said, you know, I, I know this is true because I felt, you know, the presence of this person who was some type of soldier. I saw him running. I saw him getting down in a firing position. He's like, you know, he said, I know that. I, he's... It's a soldier, you know, and right. pretty much, even though a lot of time has gone by throughout the years, obviously soldiers kind of train, have the same kind of mentality uh, throughout many years. So that was something he had recognized, and that was kind of a, a big deciding factor for him, too, that it was something he was familiar with and he was picking up on with that kind of uh, uh, experience. So you did one at the cabin, and the other one did and you? Was the other one was at the foot of uh, what's called Ghost Lake. Ghost Lake is supposed to be extremely haunted, uh, that's where that mist kind of emanates from. But right. supposedly, you know, if you go there in the late, late hours, you can see these orbs cross the water. Um, so that's what kind of we were looking for. We we didn't we, we kind of didn't do a traditional seance at the lake. We uh, Jane had picked up on some, some danger in the area and things like that. So she didn't really want to get too comfortable there. She wanted to stay standing. So mm-hmm. kind of a standing seance, eyes open, just kind of for the safety of everyone. But uh, during that... During that incident, um, there wasn't a whole lot of kind of channeling or picking up on spirits through the seance, but there was just a lot of feelings of kind of eyes watching you. Everyone had, had felt, you know, there's someone watching, you know, this, this idea of someone in the woods, someone looking, someone lurking. And one of the weirdest things that happened was um, Anastasia, uh, my co-producer, her and I uh, had witnessed this light go on in the woods, and it was literally as if a light bulb had just been pulled in the woods. I mean, these... These mountains and woods are extremely thick. There are a few houses out there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's wilderness and it's pitch black. And actually, when this had happened, everyone had witnessed this orb. Um, not really, I wouldn't call it orb, actually. It was just more of like a spotlight, a, a light, uh, kind of peeking through the trees. Um, and I honestly thought that it was the police up on the mountain shining a spotlight down, you know, saw, saw a bunch of people down by this lake at night, one in the morning with cameras and lights and wanted to know what was going on. So Anastasia and I actually went to investigate this, like, thinking it was nothing paranormal at first, thinking it was the police. And by the time we got there, it was strange. The light was gone, and we almost forgot that we had walked up there for that reason. Uh, and we had, when we had gotten to the top of the hill, uh, Anastasia had gotten uh, very, very ill and actually uh, got sick to her stomach and <laughs> vomited. Uh, so Coincidence? She, it was weird. It was very strange. So those... I mean, obviously, that's not a, a little thing. Those are things you notice. But right. even at the time, you just don't, you don't think, you know, it's, it's related. And when you look back at some of these things, you start to say, well, that was kind of weird. Now, what time of the year did you shoot that at? Um, it was in the summer. Uh, I believe it was May. Okay. Lots of mosquitoes? Yes, lots of mosquitoes. <laughs> no ghost mosquitoes, though. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough trouble with the live ones. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I mean, there were, what, what was also interesting, like we were talking about some of these subtle things, some of these things, there were a lot of things that happened that we didn't get on camera. 
things that were kind of attributed with the shoot that were very strange, creeped people out, but something we couldn't capture. For example, we went to film the cabin seance, and none of the cameras would work for a good eight minutes. Cameras were just dead. They would not turn on through battery. Uh, we had tried running uh, power through a car. Cameras, just all three of them, four of them, uh, just wouldn't work. And then, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, they all are back on working. Uh, so, you know, uh, people, uh, Brad, the uh, bouncer at the time, a uh, Pennsylvania native, uh, had said, you know, off camera when we weren't filming that he had saw he had saw a girl and he thought it was one of the girls working with us. And then when he walked over closer, she vanished right in front of him. So a lot of things happened that, you didn't that were pretty creepy that didn't even make it to the film right. that, uh, you know, it's, it's in the extra features and things there that you can read up on. But cool. there was a lot of things, you know, for us just as a crew that... We're, we're pretty scary out there. Yeah, batteries draining and, and camera problems and other electrical problems are uh, so common with the paranormal. Yes, uh, and again, it goes back to the electricity factor. I mean, absolutely. usually if you look at what, you know, what, what, what's in common with all these things, it's electricity, it's, it's battery, it's, it's, you know, that seems to be a, a link between a lot of these strange and unusual things. So, yeah, it makes sense. A break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about the moth band. So okay. hang on, Matt, all right? Okay. Thank you. Feel the need to do some soul-searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. The Stateline Review is not your average newspaper. It's a free 24-page publication specially focused on serving the communities of southern New Hampshire and the Merrimack Valley. Printed monthly, the Stateline Review is distributed to over 110 locations. The Stateline Review is filled with special articles not found in other publications for individuals who want to be kept well-informed on matters that mean something to them. Money matters, health and fitness, travel tips, internet news, sports review, and so much more. It's all in the Stateline Review. Don't forget to read about the New England Ghost Project. It's in there, too. Call 603-898-2554 for more information or to advertise. The Stateline Review, your monthly source of news you can use. 603-898-2554. The seasons have changed, and so has the Wyndham. With the warm weather coming, why not join us on our newly opened deck for one of our new frosty frozen drinks like a mudslide or frozen daiquiri. Sit back and relax as you dine on one of the many new items on our bar menu, like a scrumptious panini or a schizza, an individual crispy flatbread pizza made from only the freshest ingredients. Watching your weight? No problem. The Wyndham has a variety of crisp, cool salads to excite your taste buds. Sometimes change is good, and sometimes change is great. Come join us to find out for yourself at the Wyndham Restaurant, 59 Range Road, just off exit 3 on Route 93 in Wyndham, New Hampshire. For reservations or directions, call us at 603-870-9270 or visit us on the web at www.windhamrestaurant.com. Tired of looking at your worn hardwood flooring? Want to increase the value of your house? Then now is the time to call Felici's Hardwood Flooring. Installations, repairs, maintenance, refinishing, and sales. Felici Hardwood Flooring does it all. Felici's Hardwood Flooring is a family-owned and operated company that stands for high quality and excellent customer service. Great pride is taken in every job they do. Their knowledgeable staff takes the time to work with each customer to recommend flooring based on the personal needs of the client. Visit their showroom where they carry top-name flooring, Mirage, Mercier, Somerset, and more. Open Tuesdays and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 95 Plastow Road, Route 125 in Plastow, New Hampshire, or call them for an appointment or a free estimate at 603-401-4494. Unlike the big depot stores, Felici Hardwood Flooring does not use subcontractors. Felici employees do all your work because they're committed to customer satisfaction before, during, and after every job. Felici's 
these hardwood flooring also use a dustless sanding system, which provides a stressless experience and a healthier environment for their customers. Felici's Hardwood Flooring also offers top quality flooring cleaning products. Felici specializes in custom borders and medallions. It's time to treat your hardwood floors and yourself. Call Felici's Hardwood Flooring today at 603-401-4494 or 603-612-0345. Or visit their website at www.felicishardwoodflooring.com. Member of the National Hardwood Flooring Association. We're back. This is Ghost Chronicles with the New England Ghost Project. I am Ron Kolick, and with us on the line is Matt Pulowski of Redline Studios, who has just film, completed filming Mothman. Still there, Matt? Yes, I'm here. No, I haven't been uh, taken away by any spirits or monsters yet. Well, you never know. Uh, before we you know, go for why don't we start off with the story? Because some people actually don't know who the Moth- Mothman was. So sure. you want to go over that? Yeah, um, the Mothman is extremely interesting. Now, a lot of people have probably seen the film, but what's interesting about the Mothman is, at, at face value, most people that do know the story don't know the whole story. The Mothman is probably one of the most interesting and unusual events that has ever happened in the world of the paranormal. Uh, a lot of people acquaint immediately, you know, most people know it for a, a Bigfoot-type monster with wings, red eyes. This thing was basically seen during uh, the 60s, uh, 65 and 66 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, quite a bit. But that's not where the story ends. What makes the Mothman interesting is not people just seeing kind of a, an unusual being. For an entire year's time, there were numerous reports and sightings of this creature, as well as nightly reports of UFOs, poltergeists, ghosts, um, hauntings, people's Again, we're talking about the electricity, people's phones, electricity, things in their houses. On a widespread basis, things not working, going crazy. Uh, men in black seen around the town. The town is extremely small. Uh, I think maybe 2,000 people are there now. Uh, everyone kind of knows everyone type of place. So there were all these weird beings and people seen there for, for an entire year's time. And uh, at the end of this period of, of unusual happenings, a bridge actually collapsed, and 46 people lost their life. And you know, we were talking about coincidence before, but if you talk to the people of Point Pleasant, uh, the the tragedy that happened there with the Silver Bridge, uh, most of them don't believe it was a coincidence. Most of them think it had a lot to do with these strange things because they all left the area and ceased being sighted and spotted soon after that event happened. Hmm. Um, there's also uh, another story that people don't really know that are people that are familiar with Mothman don't, don't also know is there is a legend of a curse. Um, 1700s, late 1700s, uh, there was a Shawnee Indian that was betrayed and murdered there. Uh, that area had a lot of conflict during those times between white and Native Americans. Uh, and there's a, a curse attributed to the death of this man. And uh, his name was Cornstock, Chief Cornstock. And there's a lot of people that believe very much in the curse of Cornstock. Uh, he was kind of set up, betrayed, and murdered. And since that event, uh, Point Pleasant has endured hardships, fires, floods, and a good amount of people really, really believe that it has something to do with that, in- including the Mothman. They think it's some type of manifestation uh, in regard to this curse. So basically, uh, a lot has to do back with the history again. Yeah, there's a, there's a long history there, and it's an extremely, extremely detailed uh, case. That's why you know, there are some people that were disappointed in the film, and if you've read the book, uh, the book is very good as well, you can see that there's just too much information to put into a film, just endless, endless amounts of encounters uh, of strange things. It's like if you took every odd, unusual, and paranormal thing and just lumped it in one spot Spook Central. for an entire year. I mean, and this place is, you know, it's on the border of Ohio and West Virginia. It's not a frequently traveled place. It's not a huge populace. So why the eye of the unusual decided to hang out there for an entire year's time, I don't know. But the, mo- most people know it, though, you know, for the Mothman, which was a, a being six foot, seven foot tall, no head, but red glowing eyes sitting upon its shoulders, huge wings, kind of almost like a demon or an angel, uh, half man, half bird type thing. And, and what makes the case also uh, kind of break the mold of the, uh, the typical kind of unusual sightings is People weren't seeing a bird in the sky 50 feet away and saying, oh, look, it's the Mothman. People were seeing this thing 
on a majority at a proximity of 10 feet away from them, and the sightings lasted sometimes on average uh, 20 minutes long, 15 minutes long, and they were also witnessed by groups of people. So right. you know, that's a very interesting aspect of the story. You know, this thing wasn't kind of just uh, out of the blur in some, the corner of someone's eye or something deep in the woods. The most, most of the sightings were face-to-face with people. And they were normal people, too. Away, yeah. They were normal people, too. All walks of life. Right. Um, everyday people, police officers, government officials, all, all kinds of people. I mean, there were hundreds, hundreds of sightings. People went looking for this thing to kill it uh, in the 60s because they were scared of it um, and the effects that it had on people when they had witnessed it at close range um, were also traumatic. A lot of the people uh, that, that had witnessed this thing had experienced what appeared to be like radiation burns, uh, problems with the eye, pink eye, a lot of things that go attributed with UFOs. A lot of people have the same reaction when coming face-to-face with the Mothman. No, they, he actually uh, chased cars and uh, went yes. to people's houses and so forth. Yeah, he was seen everywhere. I mean, he, he called, there, there, was, there was an abandoned uh, TNT plant there. Uh, and it's interesting because if, when you look at the Mothman case, one thing that's extremely intriguing about it is there are several, what I would say, plausible and possible scenarios of what this thing could have been. So it's not like you have a case of, was this thing extraterrestrial or was it just made up? There are a, a good five possibilities of what this thing could have been. Uh, so, so that's kind of interesting, but it roosted pretty much in this old TNT plant, which was also uh, next to these things called igloos and ponds. There, in uh, during World War II, there was a TNT manufacturing plant in Point Pleasant, and actually there was, uh, later in the 80s, there was spillage of toxic wastes and chemicals that had gotten into the ponds. So another theory for the Mothman is that it was some type of mutated bird, and you know, the fact that this thing hung around this TNT plane all the time, too, and that was another aspect of the story a lot of people attribute to possibly a mutated bird. But it was seen everywhere on rooftops. It chased cars. It even chased a, a blood mobile at one point. Uh, it, it hovered over cars. But it wasn't, most people didn't report it to be threatening. They were scared out of their minds, but they didn't feel that as if it was deadly or and after watching that film, I was, I was in shock that I had never heard this story. Um, I, I thought the film was good. Uh, it, it, it caused me to read the book because it, it kind of piqued my curiosity. Uh, but seeing that film, I said, I can't believe I've never heard of this story. And that, you know, in all of my research and all of my interest in this for, for years, I've never come across this. So that kind of is where it started. From there, uh, I'd done some more research, read the book, and then... At the time, just decided, you know, this was something we wanted to pursue because after looking at other projects that have been done on the subject, we felt that no one had actually covered this story 100% correctly and that there were a lot of things left out on, on the whole, that the, the bigger picture was the more interesting story, not just the Mothman, but these bridges that were falling, these fires, these curses, these myths, these legends, men in black, mutants, monsters. That, on the whole, I think is the more interesting story because... They seem to have a relation to one another, uh, and no one had ever covered that. So it was, we felt it was a story that hadn't been covered uh, extensively and, and correctly yet, so we took it upon ourselves to make sure we did it with that. How did the uh, town greet you? I have to say, the people of West Virginia are the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. I, I cannot begin to even describe how nice these people were. This was the best shoot that I've ever done, I've ever been on. I mean, I've been on big shoots. I used to work for The Apprentice. I used to work for some big shows. This documentary was by far the, the best. Uh, we filmed off of boats and airplanes you know, they, with classic cars. They allowed us to tell the story correctly because they also have a lot of mixed feelings about how things have been portrayed in the past. And... I mean, I, I literally, we researched this project a good year and a half before we even started filming anything. We went there to meet the people before, a, a good six, seven months before even filming anything. Uh, and they really appreciated that. They knew that our intentions were really in the right spot. So they opened up their doors to us like we were family. So I can't thank them enough. They were, it was tremendous. That's excellent. Is the uh, TNT plant still there? Excuse me? Is the TNT plant still there? No, the TNT plants were knocked down, I believe, in the 90s. Um, after the Mothman, you know, it kind of, 
it caused a lot of <laughs> curious people to go scouting in there, and it got kind of dangerous, I guess, so the government had shut that plant down. Um, but an interesting kind of side note that uh, we found out when we were down there, again, who knows if this is true or not, while we were filming out there, you know, we were there for 20 days, so we were there a long time. We had The town had embraced us, you know, by the time we were left, we knew everyone. But little stories would come out that you never heard before, that, you know, in the year and a half research, we, we never came across. And apparently, according to one man who did not want to be interviewed, who did not want to be on camera, had just kind of given me this little nugget that, you know, the TNT plant wasn't just the TNT plant, and that actually, you know, he, he's claimed to have worked there in the years that it was open. But he had suggested to me that the men that had built that facility actually had ties to some other facilities that are kind of known in the world of UFOs and paranormal, uh, one being Area 51. Oh, that really? was pretty interesting. Huh, that's pretty uh, interesting in itself. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad he wouldn't get on camera and tell me. But, yeah, um, probably fear for his life. <laughs> yeah, but it was interesting. Those plants are closed down now just for the safety of, of people, but people can actually still go out there uh, to these things called igloos. They used to store munitions there, and that's where the chemical spills happen, where a lot of people acquaint this mutated bird theory. Right. People can go out there and investigate these things and see these things. Uh, it's pretty much op open to the public. And if you're in the town of Point Pleasant, there are some people there who all you have to do is ask, and they will tell you the story. They will show you around. They're, they're the, the kindest people ever. So it's really, if you're into this story, you're into this stuff, it's a, it's a great place to visit because you pretty much get an all-access pass to the people that are involved there. Now, I remember seeing some website, I don't know if it's yours or another one, but they had a list of people that are, were uh, associated with the Mothman who have uh, passed away. And it was uh, quite a large list, if I remember. Did yes. you, uh, Thank you for bringing that up, being as I'm uh, extremely sick with a cold. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when you told me that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> did you ever um, hear yes, of that? There is a uh, you know, quote-unquote death list affiliated with the Mothman. It, that did come into my mind while we were out there. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I, I don't travel that much, and when I do, I drive. And when I was out there, I had I had never been a, in an airplane before. Mm -hmm. I'm just not a huge fan of flying. I, I mean, never. Never a, a commercial plane, a small plane, never. Um, but while we were out there, you know, we needed to film in an airplane, so I, it was kind of time to get this over with. But I have to say, while I was flying up in the air, that did cross my mind of, <laughs> I wonder if this video will be the last thing they find of us. <laughs> Isn't that funny how the mind works? It is, it is, but it was, it was good. I mean, I'm, I'm very much into facing fears and things like that, and I think you have to when you do this type of stuff. Um, and uh, so it was, it was a good experience. I'm glad I did it. I was extremely happy yeah. afterwards. Once I got my feet back on the craft. I, I know when we do our paranormal investigating ourselves, because, you know, we, ha we are paranormal investigators as well, uh, the thought always comes through your mind when you're dealing with something kind of nasty or, you know, uh, am I pushing the envelope too much or, you know, yes. what's going <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I mean, these are things that, you know, a lot of people say if we were meant to know them, we would know them. And there's, you know, there are some dangers in investigating these things and looking into these things. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, before we went and filmed the, 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 the psychic DVD series in the mountains of New Jersey, I have a lot of dreams, a lot of uh, very vivid dreams. Before we left, I think the day before we left, everything's organized, everything's uh, arranged, you know, everything's ready to go. The day before we leave, I have a dream. And in my dream, it's clear and obvious. It's, the dream says, do not go do this project or a ghost will follow you home and stay in your house forever. And I woke up the next morning and I said, what am I going to do now? <laughs> because, you know, I can't cancel this thing. So I went through with it and... You know, hopefully the ghost that's here is, you know, will do some dishes or clean up or something. Yeah, well, you know. Have you had any uh, experiences at home since then? Um, a little bit. I mean, I, I tend to, wherever I go, weird things happen quite okay. a bit with me. Um, they so always have. You're probably open um, is what it is. You just happen to see, notice them more than someone else would. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, a lot of people, I have a friend who's never seen anything. He's very doubtful. He just can't mm -hmm. comprehend it. And a good way to explain them, you know, what I explain to him is, you know, half of these things, you know, I've seen things that I can't explain, but I don't say, oh, that's a ghost or that's a UFO, because it, it, it feels like something else. But most of these things, what I like to do is, is just kind of go with my gut feeling and go with the vibes. Um, I think instincts are a crucial part of these investigations, and I think they play a role 
with psychics as well. I and mean, I think if you trust your instincts, you know when you're seeing something that doesn't fit within the world as we know it. And, you know, the times we do, we, we know as well. I have another good way to explain it is just, you know, when so, I was telling a friend, you know, when, when you're in love with someone, then what is like love? You can't really put it in a bottle or explain it, but you just know it when it's there. Right. So I think a lot of times with these cases, when you see something, you kind of, if you are pretty in touch with your instincts, you know what you're seeing. You know, what's really funny is, is my partner is a, a psychic, and uh, she's really big into these science things, right, numeral science. And when I go with her, it, it's like drives me out of my mind because we'll be driving down the street and you'll see 111 on the license plate or 333 or, three, three, or, you know, all these yeah. numbers that the odds of them showing up are very, very rare. But yet when I'm with her, they're like there all the time. So oh, yeah. basically she's looking for science and they're actually coming to her. Yeah, I think you have to be aware of the world around you. And, I mean, with me, I've seen a lot of things where now it's kind of like I forget I forget what I've seen yesterday just because it's, uh, it's become part of the everyday kind of world. And I think you know, I have no problem with that. It's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I kind of do this casually as well where I don't do this 100% every day of the week for those other reasons we mentioned earlier where, you know, it's not something I really want to go that far into, but I'll acknowledge it when it's there and, and you know, investigate it a bit mm-hmm. and see what's there, but I don't, I don't press things too much. But just, you know, seeing these things every day, I mean, there's, again, is it coincidence or is it not? I mean, for two months before we went to uh, the Mothman shoot, my business partner, Anastasia, kept having a dream. Every time she woke up, she woke up at 3.33 in the morning, and when we got to West Virginia, our room was 3.33 that she was staying in, and she kind of freaked out about that. And yeah, it's, it's, who knows? I mean, these things could be coincidence, but I think, again, when you start to be perceptive of them and they start happening 10, 20, 30 times a day, you know, it's, it's hard to right. dismiss as just mere coincidence. So it was 333? Yeah, her room was 333. <laughs> she have, did not uh, want to what? stay in there. You know what, I, mean, man? I, I've, I have dreams all the time. I've had dreams, uh, I've had weird dreams that have come true. I mean, I've, I've had it happen myself where had a dream about something, and the next day it comes true. Um, I'm hoping I can start dreaming about winning the lottery, and that works, but yeah, it hasn't well, happened yet. You know what I'm going to do is when Maureen gets back from Ohio, she's at the Serpent Mount doing some kind of shaman stuff or whatever, but uh, she's really big into numerology stuff, and I'll find out what that 333 is, and, and I'll send you an email and just for, see if... Well, I, um, yeah, 333 is interesting. I mean, I, I don't... I, I know, you know, obviously six sixes are signs of evil, but... I did some classes uh, in college on demonology and uh, studies of hell. Actually, you know, a lot of times we go on investigations and uh, we'll get a lot of readings on the uh, remote thermometers and everything, 666. Now, is it because we're dealing with the devil? Probably not. Uh, but it's a number that they know means something to us, and it may be an attempt to scare us or so forth. So you know, we do run into that quite a bit. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, 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 a lot of what this stuff, I do take it seriously, but I also kind of take it lighthearted sometimes, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes I think to myself, well, if I was a ghost stuck in my house, I'd probably mess with the people living there. Right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there are things, I've been in scary situations, but I've been in other ones, too, where it's just, okay, who knows what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, let's face it, whoever you are in the real world, you're the same way in the afterworld. You know, yes. if you were a son of a gun in the, the real world, you'd be a son of a gun in, in the next world. Yes, and if you're a jokester, you're a jokester. Right. And if you're, you know, uh, easygoing, you're easygoing. I, I definitely believe the same. I mean, I've also been in places where, you know, we're talking a lot about vibes and instincts and energies. I mean, I've been in places where horrible things have happened. And when you walk in there, I mean, you can just feel it in the air. It's, it's damp. It's, it's, you just know something bad has happened there. I've had that happen many, many times where it's just, I think a lot of this goes back to instincts of, you know, people just being in touch with their instincts. And I think as we've kind of progressed a lot with technology, you know, people don't really use their instincts a whole lot. But if you think how many times have you met someone that you got a gut feeling, this person is a bad guy, and then two months right. later, they turn out to be not so good of a person. I've right. had that happen many times. And so what's the difference between instinct and psychic ability? Maybe I don't know. I think they're connected. I think psychic ability is an extension of one's instincts. Um, you know, we know that we only use a small percentage of the brain's capability. And I've talked to a lot of psychics that also feel this way. Um, I mean, I personally, I, I go with my instincts a lot. And I don't, I know there are classes and things now where you can enhance your psychic ability, and I've never really going for that. 
went into that stuff. I just kind of like when things happen, I see them. That's fine, but I'm not looking to develop. Matt, you're not going to believe this. Further. You're not going to believe this, but you made the hour. Oh, great! <laughs> as sick as you were, you've done it. Yeah, uh, hopefully, I'll be back again. Uh, you know, I won't. I'll be, you won't be commenting on the uh, the death list. <laughs> you know, I, I did that. have you in the death pool. I want you to know that. As soon as I found out that you were working with the Mothman prophecy, I said, "Ah, oh, this is a good Campbell here." But uh, anyways, your uh, website is. Uh, if people are interested in learning more about the Mothman documentary, uh, the website and title of the film is eyesofthemothman.com. Uh, in regards to the Jane Doherty psychic DVD series, uh, people can go directly to the distributor's website, which is b-movie.com, or also find it on Netflix or Amazon on October 17th. All right, Matt. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, right, thank you I, so hope, much. I hope you feel Hopefully better. Hopefully I'll be back, and uh, maybe we'll bring Jane on next time, and she could... Uh, do some gossip. There Go you go. Gossip. All right, thanks. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you, everyone. Uh, have a good night, and God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. Que en lo previo son más que México, o no. Que México le puede ganar perfectamente, les puede ganar. Pero en lo previo, Francia, que viene a ser campeón del mundo. Y Holanda. Son selecciones que han México, conseguido más que México. No le no? gana ni a Holanda ni a Francia Ahora, ahorita si en usted estos pierde, Si usted pierde frente a Irán, pierde frente a Togo, pierde frente a Libio, pierde frente a Angola, bueno, ahí tiene que preocuparse. Porque son selecciones inferiores si no previo a México. Pero México llega con un cartel de... Es más, escuchábamos recién a Marcarían, lo pone entre los 11 candidatos a pelear la posibilidad de ser campeón. ¿De acuerdo a qué, Jorge? ¿De acuerdo a qué? Junto a es lo que Holanda, yo nunca he entendido. Francia, Argentina, Inglaterra, a eso, ¿no es cierto? Yo le voy a decir es, una es, cosa es, a usted, eh, 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 señor Jacobo. Eh, Esa fue la canción de Queen que hoy se escuchó cuando llegó la selección de Estados Unidos a Alemania. Siete grados bajo cero, perdón, sobre cero, sobre cero. centígrados, ¿eh? ¿eh? Un coro célebre. Entonó la canción del grupo británico Queen eh, los, los jugadores se mostraban muertos de frío <risa> <risa> Mucho frío y mucha eh, seguridad Es la selección con un sistema de vigilancia especial más grande Cámaras de video y otras medidas extraordinarias Para los jugadores de la selección de Estados Unidos eh. Voy con más llamadas. En un ratito tengo una noticia. Es más, se la doy ahora si quiere. A Jacobo le va a encantar esta. Venga, noticia. dele, papá. ¿Sabe quién llegó a Alemania? 